Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. You know, over the past year that we've been recording this podcast, Scott and I have met some amazing individuals and received some amazing advice. So we decided to do something for our audience that may or may not be able to listen to every single episode. We put together a white paper slash ebook of the top seven things that you must do in your agency in 2018 and 2019. We're giving this to you guys free as of right now. You can text the word book. B-O-O-K to 251-418-4724. Follow the prompts and you will promptly receive that book. Or you can email me at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. That's not going to be automated like the text, but you can receive it that way as well. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your fearless host and leader, Mr. Scott Howell with I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. Before we get started on today's podcast, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, first team parade all American, rivals five star recruit, and he is single handedly bringing the kindness revolution to the Mobile metropolitan area. Please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? I'm great, Scott. How are you? Man, I am doing fan-super-tabulous. Not as energetic as you are right now. I feel relaxed. I feel giddy. I feel humbled. When, when I'm in a good mood When we have in-studio guests, Scott like, is the phoenix rising out I, of the ashes. I am it's, literally can, the phoenix rising from the ashes. I love having in-studio guests, and I have a fantabulous in-studio guest with us today. Before I get to her, though, let's talk a little bit about our mission on this podcast. Our mission on this podcast is to help you agents in any way we can, sales, marketing, hiring, firing, commissions, commission. We need to do a podcast on commission structure. That's a good one, yeah. I just thought of that. I, I just pulled a Mike. I, might know I just the, pulled I, a Mike Stromso on you. <laughs> I just went I right might, and stuff. I, I might know the guy too. Okay. Well, I think most agents will say if y'all can figure that out, we we will all listen to that podcast. We're here to to help in any way we can. One of the big ways that I want to help, because it's something that I say every single episode, is I want to talk about networking. We're going to talk a little bit about payroll today. We're going to talk about networking today. And we have the person in studio to do it. She was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama, a graduate of the University of South Alabama. She is the owner of Payroll Vault here in Mobile. She is the co-host of her own podcast entitled Cheers to Business podcast recorded right here at deep fried studios recorded here and you can listen to it on soundcloud spotify itunes and anywhere else that you may want to download a podcast she enjoys fishing with her husband what we'll get back to that and she has two beautiful children maya and cooper and her husband's hot i saw him on facebook (laughs) she has a hot husband he actually did say that before you got here (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the other incomparable Mrs. Miss Katie Galt. 
Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm well, super excited. Are Thank you ready you. to run through a wall? I'm ready. Thank you for being here. I have a mobile story to tell you both. I always have stories. My latest story. Last night, I went to dinner with Bradley Flowers, who some of you know on this podcast. <laughs> you he is may our, know. He is the co-host of this podcast and his beautiful wife, Laurel. And Laurel was really warming up to me. I can tell. I think for about a year, she was a little skeptical. Like, like who, you're, a lo- you're a lot who, of personality. Who is this guy? Who time. is this guy? Who yeah. is this guy? But I think she's really warming up to me. So we get through eating. We were eating at El Poppy mm-hmm. and mm. drinking ashtray beers. Mexican ashtray. Mexican ashtrays. That's for another episode to tell everybody <laughs> what that is. And I get in my truck to go back to the hotel. Well, I get out, and my favorite valet at the hotel is there. I get out of my truck, and I'm about to go inside, and he he's about to get in my truck, and he goes, hey, Mr. Howell, Mr. Howell. And I said, yeah, what's your neighbor? He said, if you'll go back here behind these buildings, and he points kind of south towards me, and he said, if you go back, back, back here behind these buildings, there's a park back there, and they're having a concert tonight, and I think if you went back there, you could probably pick up a woman and bring her back over here. <laughs> and instantly in my mind, two things two things go through my mind. First of all, first of all, does this guy actually thinks that I'm good enough looking that I could go walk through a dark park and pick up some woman <laughs> and bring her back to my hotel? That's the first thing I thought of. The second thing I thought of is how desperately lonely I must look <laughs> for a valet to tell me that I need to go to a and dark not- park and pick up women. <laughs> and you're not single. Uh, well, exactly. And I, that's why I told him, I said, I said, I'm going to take a hard no on that tonight. But I really, appreci- <laughs> I really appreciate your offer. No question. That's my mobile story from last night. I always have mobile stories when I come down here. So today, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about payroll. We're going to talk about networking. I will tell everybody listening to this podcast, I had about a $75 million agent tell me one time, he looked at me and he said, Scott, the one way you will ever get fired from selling insurance is if you ever get caught stealing the money. If you ever get caught stealing the money, you are done. And I've always I've always remembered that and I know that that fraud happens and and agents start rationalizing and justifying what they're doing and some of that stuff happens and people do get fired, especially captive agents or, uh, or at least get into a tax situation it, with the IRS. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. But today I want to talk a little bit about payroll with with Miss Katie, and I also want to talk about networking because my understanding is from talking to many, many people down here is you are the networking queen down here. I try. And, and at every end of every podcast, you know what I tell people on air, at the end of every podcast, including today's episode, I say, get your ass out from behind that <laughs> desk and go out into the big bad world and go sell insurance. And for those of you that don't know what I mean by that, what I mean by that is you need to get out amongst the people, you need to sling business cards, and you need to go to all these networking events. And apparently you are one of those people that knows how to do that. So let's talk a little bit about that. When did you really start feeling like, hey, this is something that I need to do in terms of getting out and getting involved in the mobile community and, and doing a lot of networking? I mean, it's definitely something that I never thought I could do. I was that nerd happy behind the computer, not out talking to people. Are you antisocial? I, I have social anxiety and yeah. I'm an introvert. 
So, and people confuse that with being shy, whereas introverts can get out and be social. However, they are so drained afterwards and you're constantly worrying when you're in that settings. But again, just like life, it's something you just deal with. Right. And the more you do it, the easier it gets and you learn tips and tricks. And there's plenty of people out there willing to help you get there. Yeah. Did, so how did you ever come up with the bravery, the courage to just get out and start doing it? Because I didn't want the company to go bankrupt, basically. <laughs> um, right. You know, when we first started the company, my mom and I, Karen Simmons, company Payroll Vault. Um, Shout out to mom, by the way. Absolutely. And we had a salesperson at the time who was going out and about. Well, that ended. And so it was just me. And it was either this thing is going to grow or nothing is going to happen. So it really was I had no choice I just had to do it and so my very first outing was a chamber meeting down in Bayou Battery and I was of all places and I was so nervous and those were some of the nicest people there was no reason to be nervous and that's really kind of how it got kicked off Uh and from there I just started to go to everything because every event has its own kind of feel Mm -hmm. and vibe And you have to go to everything to find out what you don't want to go to. Exactly. I mean, not only the setting, but the people, the cost, Mm -hmm. you know, the time. There's whenever I hear someone say, I didn't know about that event there. That's an excuse. They're all over Facebook. There's Mm meetup.com, you know, friends calendars. Mm -hmm. There's newsletters, the mobile rundown. There's plenty of opportunities to find those resources. Yeah. So as we sit here today on the 20th of September, how many events a week are you going to? Um, on a slow week, probably two. So okay. definitely I try to do one a week. Now, I do get burnt out. I'll be completely honest. And that's the introvert in me is I'll go out and I'm just, you know, going to every single thing that I can. And then my energy just crashes and I hit a brick wall. But it's okay as long as you know that about yourself. Mm-hmm. And if I can feel it coming and not only my energy level, but back in the office, there may be things, you know, I'm out and about clients are being added. And then you can feel kind of feel the sh- office getting Uh shaky so that's when you step back in kind of iron out some things and i mean that's just part of our business at least yeah Yeah. i would agree with that so when you go to these events sounds like you do about two energy level drops you start telling yourself i don't have to go i don't have to go and you skip maybe one or two and then you get back on it exactly through more yeah one one problem that i too that i've run into here recently because i i do i don't do as much as she does but I, i do quite a bit is you having do, events having events on the same day. Yeah. You know, but I, I was talking to a, a, a new real estate agent the other day that was asking advice, just how to get started, hadn't sold a house yet. And uh, she uh, she's like, I don't want to do cold calling before you oh. say cold calling. And I said, okay. So that's not a problem. I said, you need to turn into the uh, networking machine. Yes. And you need to go to everything and you need to taste a little bit of everything because you never know what you'll like and what you won't like, what you'll you know pick up clients at and what you won't because sometimes it's the opposite of what you think. Absolutely. And, and one thing I've found that a lot of times the smaller Chamber of Commerce events, there's a lot more, a lot more to take advantage of because you're the only person in that sector there maybe. Exactly. And a lot of the, I guess, people, in the decision makers, so to say, they are at those chambers, whereas some of the bigger chambers, it may be just representatives, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, part of that's a misconception about networking. It's not just to make a sale. When I started going to these events, I mean, I was just passing out my 
business cards without even saying a word. And, uh-huh. you know, the invitation wasn't there. Yeah. And so that's throughout time, I realized it's not about I'm not here to make a sell me personally, I'm there to form a genuine relationship uh-huh. with people that and that sell will come and it does, but it's a slower sell. But that's our industry. It isn't. And, and you're going to run into those people that are like, here, so much. Exactly. Like you're going to run into those people. And it, it makes me really uncomfortable. If yeah. I meet someone for the very first time and I'll just, I'll use the paper industry. And it's, and Michael Scott, <laughs> Michael Scott, you know, and I, Hey, I'm Katie. Hey, I'm Michael. Who, where do you <laughs> get your Bob paper Vance from? Vance refrigeration. Uh, and I'm just, uh, I'm like, Whoa, it's, you get like, yeah. it's courting almost like we need to well, have a friendly conversation, be genuinely interested because I mean, and part of that may be with being in the South, but people do business with people that they like mm-hmm. and trust. And so I want to just form that relationship. What first. I like to do is get into their personal space and then just give them the stink eye and ask them who they have their insurance with. <laughs> Okay, put that aside. Uh, so, you know, one thing. That was that, a joke, by the way. <laughs> well, it's, and, and, you know, I told an, an agent the other day, I said, you know, if somebody sits down at your desk, you don't look at them and say, okay, what are you going to buy today? You know, right. you, you have a conversation with them. So that it's a lot of times it's just getting to know people. And, and two, and, and you can maybe, you know, agree with this or disagree with this, but you start seeing the same people at some of these you events. Do. And you know, like, for example, I know that if I show up at an event and she's there, it's the right event to be at. And I know if I show up at an event and somebody else is there, I know, okay, I don't have to go to this every time they they have it. And just like, you know, I compare it to kind of birthday parties. You... And I'm not saying you act differently, but each networking event has a different vibe. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not going to act how I would act at one of my friend's birthday parties like I would act at one of my kids' birthday parties. <laughs> and it's just an openness. You know, for example, if you're going to a daytime luncheon event compared to an after hours event, like I love the after hours because it's just more more relaxed. Mm-hmm. There's usually wine, um, truth be told. And it's just... You've got to get out there to figure out what you like or else you'll never know. And I always hate when I hear I hate networking or I can't network. And I'm just, have you ever talked to someone in the grocery line? Have you ever been waiting for something? And, you know, just you never talked to anybody. You've you've never talked to a stranger because that's what networking is. Mm -hmm. It's purely just opening up and sharing information with people. And if you don't know how to start that conversation, just ask them a question. Where are you from? What do you do? What's your favorite thing about your job? How did you get in this position? I mean, if that's all that you have to do. Oh, there was one time I walked to an event. And one of the reasons I hate being late in the event is because everybody already kind of groups up. And that's really intimidating for me. But find someone who's alone. And one time I walked up to her and I said, hey, I don't know anyone here. And I see you're alone. Can I stand by you? And then the conversation just got right, started. Exactly. I mean, don't be afraid to be. If you're an awkward person, embrace it. People mm-hmm. like it. That's how I got my wife's number. <laughs> Seriously? No. <laughs> so for the 250,000 insurance agents that are listening and watching this right now, two, two Scott Howell rules, I'll tell you. Number one, if people don't know you, they damn sure aren't going to do business with you. They don't know you. They can't flow you. That's right. <laughs> number two. Uh, when you go to these networking events and you meet people, don't don't go hang out with people you know for very long. You know you need to get around and you need to meet people that you don't know, and that's that's the hard part. How many of us go to networking events, see the three or four people we know, spend an hour talking to them, 
we leave. We haven't met anybody new. We haven't <laughs> talked to anybody else. That's that's like rule number two. Don't do that. And number three, when you do go to a networking event and you meet somebody new and you you you, you get in the boat with them, go back to the first Colby Jubinville podcast that we did. I don't know. You love that phrase, don't you? Get in the boat with them. To learn about what they're about. You know, ask them, what are you about? Tell me about you. Get in the boat with them. And once you get in the boat with them and you learn about them and you talk and you feel that connection with them, send them some business first. Absolutely. Yeah. You, 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 you think you want to get some business out of somebody? Mm-hmm. It is the Scott Howell law of reciprocity, folks. The law of reciprocity. The first, first thing you got to do is send them some business, and I just about guarantee you they'll send you some. So that's all I have to say about that, as Forrest Gump once said. You it's got to be a win-win. Absolutely. You done? So, <laughs> no, <go ahead. laughs> okay. so um, you know, the networking events, I do a very poor job of them. I've been in a transition period in my life, and I don't do as much networking. I haven't done as much networking uh, this year as I did last year. I went to a lot of stuff up in Huntsville. And I know that a lot of guys listening to this and girls listening to this may be in a town of four or 5,000 people like the place where I grew up. Um, but you can still hit a ton of networking events, especially in small towns. You've got Kiwanis clubs and uh, Rotary, yeah, Lions Chamber. Club. And, and host your own. Yeah, host your That's own. That's a great that host your own event. You know, we, we, you know, I've done a few, I've been fortunate enough to do a few events that, that have worked out. And, and that's always a good way to get known. You know, one, one thing that happened to us is the chamber where my office is based out of a few years ago was struggling to get businesses to host after hours events. And I said, okay, I'll do one, but I want to do it at a restaurant. And, and for me, like n- not everybody wants to come to an insurance office, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Most people don't actually, right. I don't want to go sometimes. And so I didn't want people coming to my office and I knew they didn't want to come to my office. So I held it at a restaurant and the attendance at events at a restaurant is always a little bit higher because people kind of know what to expect. They know there's going to be food. They can get a drink if they want to get a drink and, right. and that sort of thing. So that that's always kind of a little, little tidbit I tell people is, you know, you can host an event. It doesn't have to be at your, your place. Right. That's like the one I went to last night. I mean, it was at Sarda Brewing. And so, I mean, you have people at beer and they had bingo. And that was yeah. so fun to have an activity just because, let's just say, the event isn't where you want it to be. Those people are still have that. They're still sticking around. Mm-hmm. How many people were there last night? So it's a newer group. Someone started it. Kudos uh-huh. to them. Brooks, and right? yeah, Brooks. Yeah. And last week they had 14. And then this was their second event. And there was about 12 people. But it was mm-hmm. a great event. Hmm. Did you meet anybody new? I did. A few people. Three people. You know, the thing that, that interests me about what you do is it's a little bit like our business in the fact that, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of smaller businesses uh, need payroll service. They do. So it's like every other person you see could could really use your service. And that's the thing. You're in a B2C or B2B. Uh-huh. So literally every networking event, it's, exactly. it's all of your clients standing right. around, potential clients, you know? Exactly. Well, and it's great when current clients are there just to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, like, hey, I'd love to talk to so-and-so. Can you tell well, them how much you love me? <laughs> I was going to say it's an in-person referral. I mean, uh, in-person, you know, customer review for you. Right. It's fantastic. Let me ask you a question. Something that I've always wanted to ask you, and I think is would really offer a lot of insight to the audience, is you have two kids. I do. You have a husband. You have a business you run. You have a mom runs a business. Yes. Right right next door to you, right? How do you 
number one, find out what events are the priority ones, but also right. how do you manage all that? And okay, because obviously you've got to line schedule, up arrangements, line up those kids, and and it's yeah. almost like you never miss anything. How do you how do you work all that out? A calendar. Yeah. You you schedule your time. You make what you want a priority, and if it's scheduled, you you treat your schedule just like you would a meeting with a potential client. Right. And as long as you make it a priority and plan ahead, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Sunday night, I'm on Facebook events looking to see what's going on, who's going, you know, looking. That's the great thing about Facebook. I mean, you can, you mentioned stalking people on Facebook. You can look and see who's going, find out about them. And then that makes it that much easier to have those conversations. Yeah. And something, something interesting, interesting, Johnny Gwynn and I, they're going to have to edit a bunch of stuff out of this. <laughs> Johnny Gwynn and I were talking about yesterday. So Brian Appleton, who we had on last episode, uh, hosts Insurance Agent Summit, which is an online conference. And he doesn't release any information on that. I have 10,000 people that sign up, but he doesn't release any of the information to the week before. It's kind wow. of like a strike while the iron's hot. And Johnny and I were talking about, you know, hosting a networking event and you don't want to release that event too early because everybody hits interested two months in advance. And, and then, then the day comes. And they forget about it and you really don't know how to gauge who's going to be there and who's not going to be there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting thing, you know. Let's talk about payroll services. Payroll. So I have a I have a bookkeeper, does QuickBooks for me. Yep. Keeps up with all, all the stuff that we spend money on. And she does, and and right now she does our payroll services as well. Yes. She she uh, mails off the quarterly tax returns and mm-hmm. and does all of that for me. Uh, I have worked for a state farm agency where we had a payroll service. Yes, and it and it worked well too. I mean, there's a few little you know flub ups here and mm-hmm. there, but overall it worked really it worked really well. But let's talk to the insurance agents out there a little bit about payroll service and why it would be important or, or advantageous for them to utilize payroll service in their business rather than trying to do it themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, doing it yourself, it usually starts off that way when right. you have one or two employees. Those are the people that I say need us the most. Mm-hmm. When I hear I'm too small, I say, you know, no, because most likely you're doing payroll. So in the time it takes you to do payroll, even if it's 30 minutes, how many clients could you have called? Correct. And it's just a value of what else could you be doing? Mm-hmm. So, for example, QuickBooks, I'm starting to work with a lot of bookkeepers who are doing payroll for their clients mm-hmm. because payroll has really kind of turned into its own beast with the Department of Labor, Department of Revenue, right. um, all the different due dates. That's where we step in. So QuickBooks is fantastic. I use it for my own business. However, for payroll, there's no the lack of support. Whereas with mm-hmm. us, you call, someone answers, we're there to help, and it's that individual you know service. And QuickBooks, there's a payroll subscription fee. And then if you're using desktop and you're using payroll, you have to update your QuickBooks every two years Mm -hmm. to host the payroll. And then not only that, you're having to pay someone to do the quarterly payroll tax returns. So if you and your time. So if you add up all of that, you're actually it would be more cost beneficial to use a payroll service. I agree with that. And I if I've always used a, a bookkeeper to to handle that for me. Uh, one reason that I would love to use a payroll service if I didn't have one would be that if something does get screwed up, I want to be able to point the finger at somebody else <laughs> and say, "Listen, you know, I know these didn't get paid. This didn't get paid. It's not my fault. It's their fault. They're the ones that screwed it up." Absolutely. I mean, and, and so, and I know that's that's a little bit selfish to to act that way, but uh, if you're doing it yourself, there there is no. 
There is no body behind you to right. say, I, look, I'm sorry your pay got screwed up. Exactly. I did it. <laughs> well, and it, it's so much more than just the actual processing of the payroll. Right. You know, there's the other things as far as timekeeping. You know, if people are doing paper timesheets, eight minutes across 10 employees for 52 weeks of the year. That's a lot of money if yeah. you do the math. Right. And, you know, not just their pay, but the taxes on top of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we try to implement, you know, the electronic timekeeping with GPS mm-hmm. and background checks and drug screening. There's all that extra stuff. So stop right there and talk a little bit about that. So what other items are you offering to, to small companies that want to do payroll? So the HR, human resource assistance, um, whether it be handbooks and the new hire forms that you have to have, the new hire reporting, E-Verify, job costing. That's great for construction industries and the electronic timekeeping where you can do it on your phone. We, so we have the physical clocks or employees can clock in and out on their phones and it has GPS. So that's great for people who aren't in the office. And let's see, drug testing, background checks, all of those really, if it's anything employee related. So for the average small business that has, let's say, three to five employees, I think a lot of insurance agents that listen to this would probably fit into that mold. Absolutely. Um, what are we looking at in terms of a and, – and you don't have to tell me exactly what you charge, but just an average of what they would be looking at as far as payroll service. Our average client, um, so really I say one to 50 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two clients that are 500 employees each, so right. that's on our larger side. But really – one to 25. Mm-hmm. Our average client is about $1,500 a year. A year. A year. So to me, that's just. Yes. I mean, and you, it, you can't not do that. I, the two most common things I hear is I can't believe how affordable it, right. it is. Right. And I wish I switched sooner. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and you do business nationwide, right? I do. Okay. Yeah. Luckily, everything is, the internet is a fabulous thing. So email them the paperwork to get started. Um, Any employee documents, I assist in the transition if they're switching payroll companies. So as long as they tell their current payroll company, hey, it's okay to talk to her, I get everything they need. So the client, you know, sees no difference. That's our goal is to make it as seamless as possible. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wanted to get in touch with you on this podcast and talk a little bit more about you handling their payroll service, how would they get in touch with you? Payrollvault.com. Easiest way, isn't it? Easiest way. Yeah. Um, just we are a franchise, mm-hmm. so just be sure when you're picking a location to do Alabama. Oh. <laughs> Even if you're in <laughs> Nebraska, <laughs> because I would. Oh, I see. Like if they're in Nebraska, and, and they, they pick they Nebraska, can, yeah, yeah, it's going to go to that territory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, which I, I love my Peril Vault family. Sure. I so so much, but yeah, I also really taking, really like taking food out of your <laughs> money out of your pocket if they go to the one in Nebraska. I get that. Well, I just uh, I think payroll, and I want to get some podcasts together in the future and talk more about accounting. I think that most agencies use uh, a lot of them use QuickBooks. A lot yes. of them use uh, agency management systems that they they have in place that include an accounting function. Absolutely. So uh, there are different ways to do that, and a lot of that's just based on size of the agency, I think, more than anything else. I mean, I keep a QuickBooks for my own personal life. Right. I can't imagine not doing that. You are such a nerd. I am. (laughs) When I tell you— Nobody does that but you. I can tell you to the penny how much I spent on coffee last month. That's amazing. Hey, let me ask you another question. Could you take bank statements from an individual— 
and plug them into QuickBooks to get a financial picture of what all they're spending their money on? You can, are you using QuickBooks online? If that person was using QuickBooks online, it will sync to the bank. And then you can also import CSV, Excel files. Well, it's not me. Okay. You're, you're, <laughs> she was going like, well, you know, you can do that yourself. Uh, no, it's somebody, it's a friend of mine, and they've been having some financial situations where it's like, where, where's your money going? And I was like, you know what you need to do? You need to find a good payroll bookkeeping person, you know, download six months of your expenditures off your bank statements, mm-hmm. give it to them, and let them figure out where's your where's your damn money going. Yeah, that's like? when I would definitely recommend the importing feature into QuickBooks. So that's something else we can do. We can import, send you a file to import the payroll data into your QuickBooks so that you have those financials. They don't have QuickBooks. This is just an individual. Oh. This is just an individual that, I mean, most people don't download their True. personal finances into QuickBooks every month. <laughs> no. Which I love. I love that, by the way. That's, an, that's, that's great. Yeah. But, I mean, even if you just use, I mean, Excel. I'm an Excel nerd. But you yeah. could have different. Just organize the transactions through that. If you download them into an Excel file, and I then, love Excel, but I hate putting it together. Oh, I love it. It's it's a deep dark <laughs> world. You're almost, though. you're almost acting like you can. I mean, you're you're telling me yes, it can be done in a number of different formats. Yes, but there's always more than one way to do. I got to figure out who who would be willing to do it though, because I don't want to. So wait, their paper finances. files going to to Excel. Well, I mean, you could you could probably do it electronically, and you could probably download it into a fivrr.com. Go to fiber.com, you know, well, pay well, somebody to do that. Wells Fargo has a has a function where if you'll go into each transaction and do a click down drop down, you can pick where that right. transaction goes, like into the yeah. know, groceries and utility, you know, that kind right. of stuff. And then at the end of that, it will give you kind of a a breakdown of where your finances, where your money's going. Yeah. Are they with Wells Fargo? No. Oh, well, that scratch that. Yeah. But that's a pretty cool function. Yeah. To do that. Find a college student that you, well, you would have to trust them seeing your whole, you can tell, so I used to do bookkeeping and you can tell a lot about a person from their bank statement. Oh, I bet. I bet. Starbucks, 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 <laughs> Starbucks, 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 Starbucks bar, bar, bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's about right. So bookkeeping wise, uh, obviously you guys are doing the payroll function. Can you do the bookkeeping? Just well? no. I have some great bookkeepers and accountants and CPAs. Yeah. And that's the bit. So I started out and my mom, my mom is a CPA and I was doing payroll through her firm mm-hmm. when I was working on my finance degree. And when she started outsourcing the payroll to me, her CPA firm grew by 12 percent wow because her account, it's a big firm to she, begin with right she has 12 people yeah because her accountants aren't making 941 payments or processing payroll mm. which isn't really a billing item for a lot of cpas mm. they just offer it because their clients need it so they weren't stuck doing that they were actually doing a billable accounting work right and so that's why I'm trying to. <laughs> so her, so her firm does bookkeeping. Yes, they do. They, they do. do the whole. Another, yeah, all another that. importance for insurance agencies. You know, I've heard stories of agents, not necessarily anybody we know, but that forget you know, have gone. 13 months without paying their payroll taxes mm. so, and stuff like well, that, that. That's a that big thing. Missed, or it's it, easy to miss. The quarter comes and they don't have those taxes. So that's what we do on pay as you go taxes. So tax impounding. Mm-hmm. So with each payroll, we go ahead and draft those payroll taxes and then pay it on your pay it in on your behalf. So there's not those big quarterly payments right. and keeping up with the different due dates. So for example, Alabama withholding, if your total withholding tax 
is a, more than $1,000, it's due on the 15th of every month. But if it's less than that, then you can do it quarterly. And so keeping up with those different mm-hmm. rules, especially if you have a growing business, watch out. Payroll taxes are ridiculous. And workers comp. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not sure. If you've got a growing agency, <clears throat> you're growing in premium, growing in size, hiring more people. Uh, I don't think that there's any other function that's any more important than the accounting and bookkeeping function and, and payroll function in your agency. And on top of that, outsourcing it so you can focus on things that grow your business. Absolutely. Stay in your circle. Yep. Because I will tell you this, of all the things related to my business, the thing that scares the shit out of me the most is just that whole accounting, payroll, See, and mine is insurance. Bookkeeping function. That scares me the most because, <clears throat> because you know, I've, I've, I have this fear. Uh, it's almost like a fear of heights of like one day waking up and my bookkeeper calling me and going, hey, I just forgot to pay payroll taxes for four quarters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or... Or me finding out through my bank statements that she's stealing money and now I have to prosecute her. And, and, and let me tell you something, guys. I sell a shitload of commercial insurance. If you don't think a bookkeeper will oh my God. get access to your money <laughs> and steal money from you, I, all I can say is you have lost your mind. I, have, I hear story after story after story after story of, yeah, we had a lady doing the books and Come to find out, she'd stole right. $75,000 over two years, and we can't find the money, and she doesn't have it anymore, so we're not going to prosecute her. I mean, I, I've probably heard that story 10 times, no doubt. I promise you. Terrifying. We it, ha- it is. We had a client come from a bigger payroll company, and they did not file or pay their state payroll taxes for over a year. Well, they had did, no idea. Did bankrupt them? No, no. God, can you imagine? Payroll balls save But the day. that's what, exactly. Come in, I, yeah, but it's still got to get paid. They yeah. had no idea, and that's the thing. So that was, you know, my first thing working with them. Okay, let's first step is to actually get the tax paid in, and then that's when I step in, communicate with the state. Hey, here's what happened. Request the penalty abatements, and that's what we do. I'll tell you this. This happened to me. This is a true story. One of millions of Scott Howell stories that I have for you people. We need, Just a, we need a sound tuned. effect. It's like, true story. True story. <laughs> so in 2004, I was working for a company. Made $75,000 that year on my W-2, right? So a couple years later, they send me that Social Security uh, thing that shows you what you've made and how much. You know what I'm talking about? What am I talking about? The the, the, the form, benefits the, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing that shows you like... Uh, how much money you're accruing for your uh, Social Security when you retire. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? That must only be something old people get because I don't think Katie and I have gotten that yet. <laughs> well, you only get one of those about every two or three years. But anyway, I got this form, and I look at it, and, you know, they're supposed to be paying, the, the, I guess, the that part of it to, right. to go towards that. And, and on that form, they had me making like $4,000 that year. Oh, and to be honest with you, and it's on me, it's almost like become this bucket list thing. I know I need to take care of that because yeah. I can go back. I think I still have my my taxes from 2004 and clearly show them that, hey, look, I made seventy five thousand dollars and they only reported me making four thousand. Yeah. So I would first ask about the tax. Yeah. So that's a big thing is at the end of the day, that tax is on but I, you. But, but I paid I paid the tax on well, $75,000. The Social Security tax was withheld from your check. Ooh, yes. Maybe I owe. <laughs> but Scott. was it paid in? Well, older abort, Scott is abort, not going to like younger <laughs> Scott. <laughs> abort, abort, abort. Never mind. 
Just kidding, guys. That, that was, really didn't happen. That was about a friend. We're about to get that text from the FBI that says, stay right where you are. It, it won't be the FBI. No, it was so crazy. So when I very first started, um, I'm a reporting agent. So to get that, I had to go to the police station and get fingerprinted. Well, about a week after that happened, some chick came into the office wanting a check stub. And I was like, okay, do you heard this story, do you work for a, a who do you work for? And she was like, no, I just need a check stub. She said, you guys create check stubs. And I'm just, keep in mind, this is almost four years ago. So a check I, stub? A check stub. She, she wanted, or something, right? she, she was going to get a loan or purchased furniture. I don't know. And she slid cash across the table. And I was like, you need to get out of my darn office. Heck wow. no. So I think I, to this day, I think she was a test from the fingerprinting people to see uh, if like my moral compass and my ethics were uh-huh. up to par. Uh-huh. Well, wow. one, one, I talked to a, I have a good friend of mine. It's a car dealer. And here in Mobile, there's an Amazon distribution center. And he said they're running into a lot of people saying that they work at Amazon <laughs> because what are they going to do? Call Amazon to verify? Right. Or work at Google. What are you going to do? Call Google? You know, <laughs> things like that. Exactly. You know? Oh. Yeah, because half of these online places don't even have a number to call to get in touch with anybody about anything, right? Mm-mm. That is crazy. Huh. Well, if I ever go to jail, that'll be what I use for my, <laughs> my parole guy. I'm working at Google. <laughs> check, check it if you want to. <laughs> I've met oh. five people in my life that have said they worked at Google, and only one of those was legitimate. <laughs> the That's the easiest lie in the world. The like, other four just lied, or were they kidding? Uh, no, it was not not a kidding situation. Wow. So. wow. Well, Katie with a C, I really, 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 really appreciate you being on the show today. It's you been know, fun. Thank you. Net- networking. Guys, networking is extremely important. If you don't think accounting, bookkeeping, and payroll is important, just get it screwed up sometime, and and <laughs> you will probably not sleep for about three days until you get it figured out. And hopefully, it's not bad enough where it shuts your business down. And guys, guys, do do us a favor: go to the Apple iTunes app, or go to Spotify, or go to Overcast, or YouTube, or wherever wherever you listen to our podcast at, and subscribe to Cheers to Business. If you like this format, this is the deep fried sort of format. It's going to be very similar, so. They basically drink wine and talk about business. If I'm, that's it. Yeah, so, I'm going to subscribe as soon as we hang yep, up. I would subscribe to that. Do us a favor, please. We don't ask for any money. We don't take sponsors' money. All the way you pay us is that you number one subscribe to our podcast, reach out to us, tell us how awesome we are or how terrible we are, and then also the third thing is subscribe to our fellow cohorts podcast. Absolutely. And Thank the, you. And the, and the fourth thing is if you ever want to get fired and or go to jail, just steal the premium. <laughs> Just steal the premium money out of your uh, escrow account or your, uh, you know, your account that you sweep keep your account. premium in sweep account, and you will you will very quickly, uh, or maybe not quickly. Uh, I had a but I had a not a friend but an acquaintance of mine that has been shut down, and he he was having all his insurance policy documents sent to his agency, and then just taking the premium and putting it in his personal bank account, and then after about the third claim got filed. This with, was a this, friend? This is an independent acquaintance, not okay. a friend, but an acquaintance. And after about the third claim got filed, and people were like, well, I've, I've been paying my insurance. And they well, sorry, you don't have insurance coverage. We've seen that on payroll deductions. Yeah. So withholding the insurance or garnishments or whatever, and then the payment's not being submitted. So that's why wow. we handle it so that a person in the office isn't responsible for that. Wow. Absolutely. Amazing. Guys, thank you all for listening today. As I always say, get your ass out from behind that desk and go out into the big bad world and sling business cards, network, 
go see people. If people don't know you, I can promise you they will not do business with you. So go write good business for the agencies that you represent. Go write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Love you too, buddy. Hey, y'all have a great week. You are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. See you soon. Thank you, Katie. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.